Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Episode 138 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Omicron, my God. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Don't panic. Hey, this is the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I I always forget I got to introduce the podcast. I'm Chris Hahn. I'm your host. But you know that. But I do it anyway because... I like to work with people uh, that give me good advice. And frankly, this person's given me a lot of good advice, so I do introduce myself and I tell people to like, subscribe, rate, and give it a positive review if you like it. Tell friends about it. Give me some progressive press on and thank you for joining me. I got Sarah Burris joining me a little later on in the show. But first, let's talk about Omicron for a minute and let's talk about Joe Manchin for a few more minutes. Um, I, I don't want you to panic especially if you're a listener to the show and you've been following my advice and you've been vaccinated and boosted, um, there is no need to panic. And frankly, I think as a society, we have to make it clear that the shutdown is going to be for people who are unvaccinated. I, I, I am not playing with these people anymore. I am also not playing with politicians who decide that let's screw everybody else up um, because we've got to protect these 40% or 30% of these imbeciles in this country that refuse to follow science because, you know, they're listening to uh, what's the name of the guy somebody told me about the other day, Um, the Cajun cowboy. Yeah, the Cajun cowboy. Where'd he get his medical degree? from i I, i'm just saying it's it's time for us to say vaccines are mandatory if you're going to be in public in america now you got a private office that the public's not invited to do whatever you want you want to you know stay in your house do whatever you want but if you're going to go out in public you're going to shop you're going to dine out you're going to get on a train a plane or a bus you're going to go to an amusement park or a hockey game or you're going to go watch the ball drop in Times Square, which they still haven't canceled yet as I'm taping this. I'm sure they will, though. You better be vaccinated. And frankly, I think that's the rule for the ball drop. You got to be vaccinated. So, you know, if everybody's vaccinated, who cares? I get it. You could still get COVID if you're vaccinated. But if you're vaccinated, it is a very, 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 very likely case that you're Symptoms will be mild if you have them at all. So get vaccinated. And it's time for the governors in the many states and the president of these United States to demand vaccinations to enter public spaces. The president of the United States should be making it mandatory for vaccines for air travel now. Then we won't have mask fights on the plane because if everybody's vaccinated on the plane, why do you need a mask? I don't think you do. And frankly, we can't travel to any foreign countries now anyway. So, you know, if you don't want to be vaccinated to get on a plane, you could drive yourself. Okay, drive yourself. Mandate vaccines on air for air travel. Mandate vaccines for trains, Mr. President. Mandate vaccines to attend anything public in this country no matter how big, no matter how small, always. And make the penalty for people who are abusing this and not you know, going out and flaunting the rules. Make it severe. Make it a $1,000 fine for the first offense, 5000 for the second offense, jail time for the third. And of course, you're going to have to be serving in solitary confinement because you probably have COVID for at least 14 days. I, I don't... I really don't feel the need to shut down this country again. I don't feel the need to shut down the world again. And frankly, I don't think the American people will will allow that, vaccinated or unvaccinated. They are not going to allow for the shutdown of society again, especially the people. And you know what? Here's the thing. 
everybody will be mad this time. I'll be mad. I'll be completely honest with you. I will be mad. I have done what I was supposed to do. I followed the rules. I've been vaccinated. I've been boosted. I think my risk is extremely low for getting serious. That doesn't mean I look, doesn't mean I can't get a cold from it. You know what? You get colds every year. Doesn't mean I might not get one. But I have done what I need to do to protect myself. And I will continue to follow the guidance from our healthcare professionals, including wearing masks, which frankly, I think if you're vaccinated, I I guess I'm protecting them. The people who are unvaccinated, who am I protecting? Well, we got to do what we got to do to get these people who are unvaccinated on board here. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. You know, if we need to call it the Trump vaccine to get these people to take it, then let's do it. They can get a little prick in their arm to remind them of the big prick who used to be president of the United States and almost ruined this country. Let's do it if that makes a difference. I'm, I'm all for it, but I don't want to shut down society. I don't think, first of all, we won't have the money. We won't have the money to pay people to stay home anymore. That Those days are over. That's not happening again in the United States of America. I can't see... I mean, you know, and I'm going to get into Joe Manchin in a minute. I can't see Joe Manchin, who is all of a sudden concerned about the deficit and the debt. Where was he during the Trump administration? Where was he talking about the deficit and the debt when we were voting on the military budget, which is the biggest by far in the world, but we're all worried about other countries' military? Give me a break. Where was he? Where was he? Where was his concern about the debt and the deficit then? How is he going to go home to West Virginia and explain that? How is he going to go home to West Virginia, though, one of the poorest states in the union, and tell them that he will not vote to continue the child tax credit? Now, I get it. He's making this play. Well, I want to see it extended for 10 years. Well, that's not what we're asking you to vote on. This is not a gimmick. Stop using the Republican talking points and vote on the damn bill. And frankly... I think it's time for us to be working really hard on Lisa Murkowski so that we don't have to be held hostage by Joe Manchin and, quite frankly, Susan Collins. I get it. She's bitter. People ran, you know, Democrats ran hard against her last year, and frankly, we should have won that state. But they ran really hard against her, and she's bitter about it. But get over it. You're a senator. You're not, you know, this isn't high school. You're not high school class president, Senator Murkowski. You are you are a United States senator, and you claim to be a moderate United States senator. You represent a state that sure as hell is moderate. It voted for Joe Biden. So let's get Susan Murkowski, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski in a room and ask them what they want. Let's give it to them, and then let's not worry about what Joe Manson wants anymore. I right, Guess what? You know, I, I when I was chief deputy county executive, I had a, I had a one-vote majority in my county legislature. Um, and I had to get a bill passed for my boss and I needed 10 votes to do that. And there was a legislator, I won't name him, but this man actually went to jail at one point who was trying to hold us up. And I went and I found the votes from the other party and I told him to come to my office. And I said, when I'm dealing with the legislature, I count to 10. I've already counted to 18. If you would like to be number 19, I would really appreciate your vote, but you're not getting another thing from me. It's time to start counting to 50 in the Senate, whether it's Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, or somebody else. I don't know why we haven't appointed Senator Toomey to be an ambassador somewhere so that the Democratic governor of the state of Pennsylvania can appoint the Democratic senator to help us get things done. I don't know what we're waiting for there. There's a state where there's a retiring Republican who we can make an ambassador right now and free up that state. Why haven't we done that? What are we waiting for, Mr. President? Get on it. But by the way, if I'm asked in a poll what I think of Joe Biden, I will say I approve of Joe Biden because I do. But these are just things that I would like to see him do more of. I, I, I get it. I mean, you're looking at these polls and you're watching the gnashing of the teeth on the, you know, on the on the talk shows and, you know, meet the press, you know, Chuck Todd saying how horrible Joe Biden's doing. Yeah. Look inside the numbers. He's doing exactly the same with Republicans. He's doing a little tiny bit worse with independents and he's cratering among Democrats. He's down 20 points with Democrats from just three months ago. It's Democrats in those polls 
that are making Joe Biden look bad right now. And let me tell you something, that shouldn't be any hope for Republicans. You know, those Democrats are not going to be voting for Donald Trump or any of the other seditionists that are running for the House of Representatives this year. No, 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 no. They will come home at some point. But Democrats aren't like Republicans. They don't just say, I'm with the Republican no matter what. We don't put on our jersey when we go to vote. We vote for people we like. Sometimes, if we don't like people, we don't vote, which is why Republicans win the midterms, because Democrats are like, do I really want to go vote for this congressman who really never did anything for me, or does this one have a chance? I think I'm going to go to the gym. That's why Republicans fear vote by mail so much, because they know more Americans are Democrats than Republicans, and if you make it easy, they'll just vote. And if they just vote, There won't be many Republicans elected, and not just in blue states, in red states too. Because in a lot of red states, they're red states because Democrats don't even register. People who would be Democrats don't even register. And the turnout is abysmal. Because trust me, we can win Alabama. We have recently. And we will win it again at some point. We just got to make sure that the people there have access to the polls. Another reason why we need filibuster reform in the Senate and we need two more Democratic senators, if not three. I just gave you three that we can get. Let's go get them. All right, I'm going to go to my uh, go to my interview now and uh, then I'll be back to wrap up the show. I really do appreciate all the help and support you guys have been showing me. Please uh, continue to share this podcast with friends and family. Uh, hope you're having a happy holiday season. Sarah Burris is joining me. You know Sarah. She's a friend of the Chris Hahn Show. She is the, what are you, the editor of Raw Story, managing editor of Raw Story, executive editor, writer. What do you do there? Uh, the senior digital editor is my title. Senior digital editor, Raw Story, and a excellent... General person who does everything. She's the, she's the chief to. cook and bottle washer at uh, Raw Story International uh, <laughs> online wherever you have a computer <laughs> and, uh, and uh, or resident phone. Jester. I'll take that one too. Re- resident Jester. And she's fantastic on Twitter. Follow her on Twitter at Sarah Burris on Twitter. Am I right? Yes. I love the way you say Sarah. Sarah. I'm from Long Island. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> uh, so Sarah, it's been a while. I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. I feel like a couple of months. I, I feel like I need to talk to you every like two months just to see, just to check in, see how things are going. I know you're out. You can no, call more often. I, I like bad puns. I know. I know you're great at this. You're very, you're very good radio. So I, I, I know just before we get into the topic of the day, which is January 6th. And of course I want to do some year end stuff with you. You're out there in Oklahoma where you are a native of, you're not in DC today and they're getting some crazy weather out there, right? Well, I mean, it's in the song. The wind comes sweeping down the plane. That's true. They're really not kidding about that. Like we, it's funny because in D.C., you really don't have a lot of wind because there's really tall trees and there's buildings and yada, yada. Um, In Oklahoma, our trees are relatively short. Everything is very flat. Right. There's really nothing to obstruct the breeze. So generally speaking, like a normal day here is like 30 miles an hour. Oh, my God. in the city, we were dealing with 50-mile-an-hour winds, but up in the panhandle, they were dealing with sustained 80, 70, 80-mile-an-hour 80 with 100-mile-an-hour gusts. It was flipping RVs and stuff. That was bonkers. It looked like a scene out of Ken Burns' Dust Bowl documentary. Oh, my God. The Grapes of Wrath have returned to Oklahoma. Yeah, or like uh, if you've seen Interstellar, that whole like beginning. Yes. Or- oh, I love – you know what? I love that movie. Are you a fan of that movie? I thought it was great. I really love that movie. And then, of course, I tweeted about like, oh, my God, this looks like Interstellar. And somebody was like, has anybody checked for the aliens yet? And I was like, I don't know. Somebody go look at Saturn, see if there's a wormhole. Maybe we can get out of here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a lot of references there, buddy. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you uh, about. Jim Jordan and his tweets, not tweets, his texts. Oh, I keep calling them tweets all night. I've been calling them tweets. It's texts. Uh, you know, I I want to see Mark Meadows' private server and his emails. <laughs> yeah, I and I honestly, uh, Ivanka, before folks um, realized, like very early on in the 
in the White House. She was using her own private of course. server. Of course. Um, and it's like, did you guys not pay attention? Like, were you not there during 2016? Because I feel like this whole thing happened in 2016 and everybody's like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't use the private email server. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I guess nobody cared. I guess I guess a private email server wasn't really that big of a deal. Uh, but the New York Times had it on its cover every freaking day in 2016. And that's why we had these last four years and maybe be on the brink of losing our republic. I, I just feel like, can't you imagine Hillary Clinton seeing that on the news and just be like, nope, I'm turning it to Hallmark. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she should have just been like, I ain't going to show up to your subpoena. Screw you. Right. I I, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you were allowed to just say no. Well, it's funny. Eric Holder kind of told them no. And they were just like, oh, that's not very nice of you. And then he Uh, said, "Okay, I'll come. And then, you know, Hillary Clinton showed up for 11 hours and Mark Meadows can't show up for five minutes. No. Just to say, I plead the fifth. Yeah. 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 If you're going to plead the fifth, good on you. Totally uh, legitimate right that everybody has. But you got to show up to actually say that. You can't, like, file a document, you know, in crayon that says, I plead the fifth. And, you know, the guy was coming. He was coming to the committee. And I feel what happened was his book came out, and the old man got upset, called Mark Meadows, and Mark Meadows said, okay, don't worry. I won't go. I won't testify. I'm with you, Donnie. It doesn't matter, Mark. You're out. You're out of the circle from writing that book. Yeah, I think you are exactly right. And, I mean, obviously, a lot of the things that he wrote about in that book, because I had to read it, um, nobody would read that by choice. You read uh, it? You read the whole book? I really did. I read the whole book. Uh, there, And it is, there's not some flattering stuff in there about Donald Trump. There is some ridiculously flattering things, things that sound very Trumpy, where he's just, like, making little snippy comments about Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. And you're just like, dude, grow up. Like, it's very middle school. It feels yeah. like a very middle school well, book. That's their yeah. audience. Their audience is a bunch yeah, of totally. people who were picked on in middle school who now want to be doing the picking. I think that's it, right? I don't think that they were mean girls in, in, in middle school. I think they were the ones the mean girls were picking on, mostly. But the thing is, is like, I was a total nerd back in the day. And, I mean, nobody picked on me because I was really tall and they were scared of me. <laughs> um, but, but still like, you know, I was definitely not the cool kid. Um, I pretended like I was, but right, was probably mostly out of ignorance. Yeah. But you didn't grow up to be mean. That's true. I, I grew up to like puppies and kittens and, and hugs with old people. Yeah. That's my, my Instagram feed is all puppies, by the way. It's all golden retriever puppies. That's, that's Which is beautiful. It's, it's the best it's, feed ever. Yeah, it's the basically all I have. I, I, every now and then there's something that's not a golden retriever, and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> Anybody who's having a bad day, just uh, look at, at Chris's uh, Instagram feed, and you'll just be filled with yeah, furry love. Yeah, it's just a bunch of dogs. So, I mean, I, po- I put my dogs up all the time. So, it's you know, I guess I get a lot of dogs in return. So, it's, 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 it's very good. I, I don't, anytime I'm feeling down, I go, oh, there's a puppy. There's a puppy. There's a puppy. <laughs> it's, it's, exactly. So, I, I am like blown away, though. Jim Jordan's this guy who demanded to be on this committee. And now he's going to have the opportunity of a lifetime. He gets to testify. You think he's going to? Yes. Uh, you know, that's a good question. Because you would think that if he believed in the powers of Congress that he would do that given all of the Benghazi hearings that he had. And the fact that we have, you know, we have your text messages, Jim right, Jordan. We, right. Right. And I, the thing I, is, is like what I read about the Jordan stuff is that he, he is not a texter. He generally says things like yes, no, or call me. And this was like the one instance where he basically just copy and pasted somebody else's argument and sent it out. Right. And now it's become this huge thing. Right, <laughs> right. Like, but well, he said that there's context around it and we don't know the full context. Well, you know, he controls the context. He could tell us what he was thinking yeah. that day, right? Exactly. Um, and if uh, they referenced, I think the Federalist did a story where they referenced um, the actual context and I clicked on the article and it, the context that they showed me from the article was different from what the Federalist listed in their in their article. And I'm just like, this is a waste of my time. Yeah, the Federalist um, is just like propaganda nonsense. Ridiculous. That's just lazy. Yeah. Man, I they, mean, that's they, a- 
I think you're referring to like they sent out some alert yesterday that, oh, the January 6th committee did not, you know, release the tweets, uh, the text appropriately. And and they had like, here's more information on the texts. Is that? Is yeah. And if you they, they said that uh, Adam Schiff eliminated everything after an M dash, which really it doesn't say anything important. There was nothing even remotely like it just makes an Alexander Hamilton reference. Right. Which, you know, anybody does if they want to talk about having their one shot yeah um, exactly oh you quoted the most popular musical of the world okay great good for you yeah good for you 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 you, you watched it on disney plus i guess because there's no way you came to new york <laughs> <laughs> to see it you know it's just, these guys are they're just fools they're absolute fools and their arguments are foolish and but what i don't understand is well i do understand people don't read the entire article because if you read the entire federalist article you get to that which is why we need people yeah. like you in our lives to tell us what was in, in the entire thing. I read it. I was like, this is BS. And I moved on. Uh, but I would imagine most people who subscribe to the Federalist didn't even read it. They're like, they read the headline yeah. that said, Adam Schiff admits that he didn't give the whole tweet. But they didn't say what else is in the tweet. <laughs> yeah. So... Or they lied about it. They misquoted it. Well, they always lie. We could always, we could always be sure if the Federalists are talking, they're lying. So, Sarah, 2021 is thankfully coming to a close. Um, I don't know what is going to stand out most for me in this year. Maybe it was the hope that the virus would just go away this year. I had a hope for, I don't know, maybe two months. I thought we were going to get past it, and now I, I'm just back in that doldrum of, oh, I can't believe we got to do this again. Uh, but what what stands out for you? in 2021 i mean we you know we we've talked about january 6th obviously it was like the worst day in the history of the republic in my lifetime but beyond that you know what are the things that you're going to remember about this year um well i mean definitely the january 6th thing but i think what has come after that is something that i have been the most surprised by um i I know that it's ridiculous for me to be surprised by this, but the fact that Republicans were just like, it didn't really happen, you mm, know? Yeah. Um, that it was on TV for several hours. We all sat there and watched it with our mouths hanging open. Yep. Um, and I saw a poll today, uh, that is a fantastic, exciting poll that talked about how even Republicans, like people across the board, uh, blame the Republican party for January 6th. Um, they want to see people prosecuted. They, completely recognize that it was like totally unacceptable. Um, my favorite stat was that both independents and Democrats characterize it as a riot, a terrorist attack mm. or an insurrection. All right. And what are Republicans? T- they, they, they say a tourist visit. They, yeah. I mean, it's their, their language is a lot different, but the percentage of people who, who view it that way, um, is is enough to throw an election very Good. easily. Well, I hope these and, people show up and vote in, in November of 2022. I have a feeling they won't, <laughs> unfortunately, which is really, you know, getting me down here. I'm like, I am extremely concerned about uh, the future of this country. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Republicans deciding that we're going to pretend this didn't happen. We're not going to allow for a, you know, they would have had a nice, nonpartisan commission and they wouldn't even vote for that because the former guy wouldn't let them crazy which yeah it's completely crazy because they have just screwed themselves ever since then they um the only republicans that are on the committee are ones who basically are now the target of republicans become this pariah in the party um liz cheney got voted out they tried to shove her out of the the wyoming state republican party um if you, if you're a Cheney, like there's nothing more Republican than a Cheney, right? <laughs> nothing I more mean, Wyoming Republican than a Cheney, right? I mean, yeah. it's like who they are. It's I mean they've they they practically established the state. Right? I mean Cheyenne um, almost sounds like Cheney, exactly. And <laughs> I, I'm surprised that you know her dad hasn't gone around shooting people in the face for voting a right. you know, to basically expel her, right? Um. That's what I would threaten people. Be like, I'm going to stick my dad on you with some some birdshot. Right, right. Um, I mean, I, I never but, thought in my life that I would be praising Liz Cheney. That I would be saying, yeah. you know, I don't agree with her on most things, but man, she's right about this. 
Right? I mean, it's just the basics of truth and facts. And I feel like we've been fighting for facts for four years. Yeah. And we thought it was over. And then it's we not. did this. No, they're just, they, they just don't want to, they don't want to break from that. It amazes me. Like, they just don't want to break. And they've had many opportunities. They should have done it. Look, I don't know if I, how quickly after January 6th I, you and I talked, but my feeling was they waited too long to yeah. even impeach him. They should have finished the count of the electoral, electoral college, and they should have impeached him that night. They should have com- set up a commission that night. Like, they, they should have just done a marathon session and screwed him into the ground while everybody was still mad. Yeah, they should have. But the problem is is that Mitch McConnell still ran the Senate until everybody was was uh, sworn in. And they he wouldn't, you know, they weren't sworn in until everybody was basically out of session. It yeah. Was holiday. yeah, yeah. Well, the House could have voted in big numbers. I mean, you know, M- M- Kevin McCarthy, yeah. people forget, Kevin McCarthy has been a huge sycophant of Donald Trump most of the year. But on January 6th, he called the guy out. He called yeah. him to the carpet that night from the from the well of the House of Representatives. And, and it wasn't just him. It was like everybody was clamoring. Um, people who were going to vote with Donald Trump to oppose the election. Um, uh, James Lankford. From Lindsey Graham. Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 They're like, count me out. This yeah. ain't for me. And and then and then now they're like, what? What are you talking about? What happened on January 6th? Uh, yeah. Some cop shot, shot somebody. Why aren't there people complaining about the cops shooting people? You know, I mean, I... I I was on my other radio show in New York City, which is on a very conservative channel, and I was talking about how Ashley Barrett was a terrorist, and she was told to stop, and she was trying to get through a door to hurt members of Congress on the other side of the door, and she was leading a charge through that door. And the cop told her to, sh- to stop, and then he shot her dead, and you know what? He did the right thing, yeah. and and people went nuts. And it's uh, to be honest, the fact that he said stop with his gun drawn, um, I-, I think is a lot better than half of the people in this country get whenever they're approached by a cop. He said stop multiple uh, times with his gun. Yeah. And it's and, on the video. Like you can see it, you can hear it. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's sad because people, I mean, you know, no, they didn't think, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm not, nothing's going to stop me. I'm on the side of God is what she thought. She thought that God was some God, meaning, you know, the big orange false idol she worshiped, uh, sad. And, you know, and how about the people who, hoisted her up you know why didn't they go through the door those and that's the thing like all these people that were breaking through that glass all dudes yep all white dudes except her and then of course the first person who walks through it is a woman right and of course she gets shot right 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 all a bunch of big old white dudes who were too afraid to go through we're too scared to walk through because the guy had a gun and was going to shoot them and they knew better and i mean they were screaming gun gun he has a gun yeah. So I just am. I am aghast that uh, that she had the nerve to actually be like, "Oh yeah, you want to shoot me?" It's like, no. These this is a Secret Service agent. He's not in a uniform. Right. If he was in a uniform, then he would have been, you know, Capitol Police or or City Police. But that guy was a was a um, Secret Service. Yeah, he was there to protect and, the members of the House of Representatives who were in a bad place. Who, and the way know, that they train. Secret Service agents is you do not pull your weapon unless you intend to use it. Right, right, right. And that weapon was drawn appropriately. And yet yeah. these people on the right have decided to make this woman into a martyr. It yeah. is sick. It's sickening to me. It's sad and it's scary. Yeah. This is, and I, I mean, honestly, like I really kind of started this year with hope and optimism like okay we're, we're getting the vaccine like we're on the other side of this stuff right people are going to be like oh i really want to go out to dinner so i'm going to get vaccinated and i just have been aghast i'm, sh- at, I'm shocked uh, yeah, I'm my, sh- my little cousin i had breakfast with my little cousin while i've been home and um he's 13 and he told me he wasn't getting vaccinated you know i've been saying let's name the vaccine the trump vaccine and we could tell the supporters to get a little prick to remind them of the big prick who used to be president of the United States. I love that. Right? That's that the, that's my thing. I've been saying it. My producer's a little worried that it might get blocked in some of the markets we're in. But you know what? I mean, just a little pinprick. There'll be no more pain. They put it on the radio for years, right? So <laughs> what's wrong with that? Call it the Trump vaccine and call it what it is. It's just a yeah. little prick. It's okay. 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. It really is, actually. And I will say to anybody terrified of the vaccine, because I have serious needle phobias, um, it is a whole lot easier than the flu shot. Right. I will stay in the house for months during the winter to not get the flu shot. Exactly. It it's ridiculous. I just, just don't. I, I had my, my doctor for like months and months were trying to get me to update my labs, and I just kept sneaking out the back door every time. So, Sarah, what gave you hope in 2021? Uh, the fact that Trump was going to be gone. Mm. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, the- I really... I really thought, and honestly, like Biden and Harris came in with a ball of fire and they quickly passed the rescue plan and they, um, and and it felt like there was serious momentum going for a little bit and it just stalled like a angry horse. Yeah. (laughs) It stalled like an angry horse from West Virginia and Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's been so frustrating and I, it's weird because there's a part of me that really wants to hope that 2022 will be better and that we can be more optimistic. And it's really just because I thought at the end of 2020, well, it can't get much worse than right, that. Right. Right. And then we had people invade the Capitol. Mm, so yeah. I'm scared now to say, well, it can't be much worse because obviously it can. Yeah. It could definitely get worse. Now, are we though, you know, like this, the reports of the demise of the Republic, are they exaggerated or do you feel like we are not taking the threats Republicans make to democracy serious enough? I do not think we're taking them serious, seriously enough. Mm. Um, and I do think that, I mean, honestly, it's just you see the all of these QAnon people that are running for school boards now and they're winning because nobody's paying attention. Yeah, nobody runs, nobody cares about school board elections. And then, you know, the QAnon get their folks out and boom. And then all of a sudden you have every book written by a person of color is banned. Yeah. Um, uh, and I just, it's all these freedom people that want to ban books. I know. At least they're not burning them yet. Uh, Not yet. Not yet. If they start burning them, maybe people will understand a little bit. No, right. The other reason they're not burning them yet is because they haven't read Fahrenheit 451. They don't know how it ends. <laughs> um, so, you know, they it's the hope is that um, it'll be better and maybe we can fix some of the problems that they've been promising us that we can fix. And if enough people get out and vote in 2022, maybe we can stop it. Like the thing that's killing me is I feel like we told everybody like, if you vote for us in 2020, everything's going to be okay. We'll right. Fix everything. Right. And, and we didn't fix everything. In fact, I don't know if we fixed anything yet, frankly. Um, I mean, we at least got more people through with the rescue plan. Right. Like that has funded a ridiculous amount of stuff that Republicans are promoting all over their states. Yep. Even though they that's true. Right. And, and the infrastructure bill is going to fix a lot of roads and bridges and tunnels and trains and things like that. And pipes and lead pipes. It's going to get internet where there is no internet. And that's a good thing. Yep. You know, exactly. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, look, the, the, there are things going on that are positive. They're just going to take time for people to understand. Uh, the economy is doing well, but there's also inflation. So it's like, people don't get it. And I, I, you know, and I also feel like the inflation is a little overhyped because, you know, there are a lot of market forces making the inflation worse than it should be because supply chains are disrupted. They're still being disrupted. Uh, people don't know how much they should be ramping up with COVID, you know, spiking here, spiking there. So there's all sorts of issues out there, but mm-hmm. we have full employment in America. Wages are yeah. up dramatically in America. It's, it's, you know, I mean, Joe Biden created more jobs in his first year than any president since we started keeping track of such things. Yeah. 60 years, more, yeah. the lowest unemployment rate in 60 years, um, which is almost two of me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a uh, wow. You are young. Uh, it, I always thought you were. <laughs> I always like to flip that in there. Yeah, yeah. You're a lot younger than me. Uh, so uh, it's it's a it's a uh, it, it's amazing that the Democrats can't capitalize on the success of the economy because they're afraid to talk about the inflationary side of it. You know, what I mean, you know, it, it's it's amazing to me. They can't even talk about it. Well, I think a lot of it is that nobody knows how to talk about it. And if you're explaining something, you're losing. 
So it's like, how do you put this all into um, some kind of talking point where somebody can get on, you know, with Chuck Stude and say, look, you know, all of this is not, it's not what you think it is. Right. Um, you know, if you're paying $11 billion for gas, you're getting hosed and you should report them because they're taking advantage of you. They're gouging. Um, and that's the kind of thing that Biden said that he's going to look into, that they're, that his administration is actually going to look into because he's really, he was legitimately concerned that there's price gouging going on because, you know, all of these states and, and cities are like, we don't know when we're, when there's going to be a gas crisis. We don't, I mean, people buy into all of the conspiracy theories and that perpetuates this paranoia and this fear, which ends up screwing up our economy. How do we get people off these conspiracy theories? And I keep having this conversation. I, I had Barbara Boxer on last week and we were talking about, you know, you can't have conversations with people when they have different sets of facts. I just don't know how we get out of this cycle. Do we write some of these people off? Like, what do we do? I know. I mean, I, lately I've just been starting with, well, we agree that the sky is blue. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Let's just start at the very basic. Yeah. Let's um, start. We agree that one plus one equals two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them, that might be hard for them to do, though. Um, And so then it, it sort of becomes this question of, okay, well, tell me, explain to me why you believe this. You know, where you're reading this, what your facts are. Um, who told you this? What are your, you know, if you start asking people for evidence then they're like, well, I saw it on Cindy's Facebook that she shared from the Federalist. It's like, yeah, no, no. Mm. So I just, you can, you can give people facts until the day comes, you know, the, the, the cows come home, but it's not, they're not necessarily going to believe it. And so I've just started being like, okay, well prove that to me. Yeah. Tell me how, tell me why. Right. I had a friend. I had a very wealthy neighbor of mine who was walking around depressed. I saw him. He looked depressed. And I said, what's the matter? He's like, I'm worried about our country. I go, are you freaking kidding me? You're worried about our country? You're walking around depressed? You're not even in politics. I've been in politics my whole life. And I I wasn't depressed four years ago. I was upset. But I didn't, you know, I got over it. I wasn't walking my dog with a puss on my face for a year. (laughs) People are crazy. You know? They're freaking crazy when it comes to this stuff. It, it, it's it, it it they're they're buying it and by the way the media wants to keep them mad they want to keep them upset mm-hmm. and that's really part of the problem because especially right-wing media they figured it out keep people angry and they'll keep watching and that therein lies the problem here in this country there's too much incentive for this stuff sarah i got a few more minutes left with you what are we hoping for in 2022 the aliens mm, the aliens <laughs> It would unite us, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, that's the thing is we could all come together and either fight the aliens or we could come together with the aliens and hope they abduct Donald Trump. Yes. Um, I'm just there are con- lots of options. I just don't know if the Republicans will be with the aliens or will they be against them because they came into the country illegally? Or even acknowledge that the aliens exist. I mean, you, I can see... Uh, uh, Clyde, you know, walking walking around being like, well, they're just tourists. All these aliens, they're Good. here because they want to go to Disney World. I could see Tucker Carlson saying, what's wrong with the aliens? What do they care? We have too many people anyway. Let them eat a few people. Who cares? What have they done for us? What have they done? What, what are they? Well, at least they're not supporting Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be on their side, right? Tucker Carlson will be on the freaking aliens side. Unbelievable. Because he wants clicks. Yeah. That is exactly what he wants. He wants all of the clicks, and I think he just wants to try and be able to move to Moscow or wherever and have his own, you know, oligarchy. Uh, Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. You know, I'm watching this guy stick up for Russia. I know him. I know him, Sarah. I've known him for 12 years. And five years ago, before he had this show, four years ago, not even, three years. I don't know how long ago he got this show. He wasn't that far right. And he was a conservative, but he was not like a crazy maniac. And we talked in, I talked at the, uh, the Ron Paul revolution unconvention. Um, he and I sat down and talked about young voters and he seems completely rational and normal. And then he's just gone around the bend. I I used to love doing, I used to be on panels with them. We used to hang out in the green room, talk about our kids. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. 
I just, I, well, no, I t- sorry, let me take that back. I get it completely. I get it 100%. The guy had a show, lost a show. Had a show, lost a show. Said, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to keep a show now. Even if it means pandering to idiots, which is what he does. Which makes no sense. He has so much money. The guy has more money than I will ever have. He has Swanson TV dinner money. He is the heir to the Swanson throne. Yes. The guy could probably get his own website at this point and say whatever the heck he wants. Right. And Or maybe and say nothing at all. That way. Or maybe say nothing at all and just enjoy his frozen peas. Yeah. Like, just go to the beach, man. Yeah. Enjoy life. Go buy a couple of islands and go live on it. I don't... What is the fat... You know, look. I enjoy doing TV. I enjoy doing radio. I enjoy being in the media somewhat, at least on the periphery of it, whatever I am. Uh, but... If I had enough money to not do this and still be happy, like fill the void with, you know, skiing or triathlons or travel, I do that. (laughs) So I fill the void with media because I can't afford to go to Hawaii every day. Exactly. Or move by your own island and become a scuba diver or, you know, make money through interpretive dance or put an underwater basket. Man, you you, you could go to space now, Tucker. You could literally go to space. If you have enough money. So go do it. And if he does, we should shut the door to the planet and be like, sorry, man. <laughs> here you go, aliens. Take them. You forgot your keys. Yeah, here you go, aliens. Here's that little prick you wanted. So, so, it's I, my, my sensors are going like, uh, I don't know if we're supposed to allow that. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's okay in New York, but are they going to be okay with it in Idaho? Because I am on in Idaho. Uh, so it's, I, I hope, I hope they're okay with it in Idaho. I mean, I think they know what I'm, I'm joking. It's comedy. I mean, I'm pretty sure they allowed uh, Pink Floyd uh, on, on their radio stations in Idaho. I'm sure they've had that on there. So, Well, and let's, let's also be honest. Like I have in my biography on my Twitter account that um, everything that I say could also be a joke. There you go. Me too. I'm never serious. I I try really hard never to be serious. I tell everybody I'm not a reporter. Not a reporter. I'm not even really a political pundit. I'm an entertainer. I'm on TV (laughs) and radio to entertain you. I'm not on TV. Look, I want to, it's infotainment. I want to inform you. I want to give you an opinion. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't pretend. I'm not Chris Cuomo. I'm not pretending to be a journalist to anybody. I don't pretend. This is, by the way, Sarah, and you and I, I'll have you back in a few weeks to talk about this. I am really getting annoyed with these primetime hosts, not just on Fox, but on CNN, on MSNBC, pretending that they're journalists. They're not journalists. You don't, they don't give journalists hour-long shows in prime time. They just don't. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about, like, you can see it on MSNBC, too. Like, this is very much opinion. You know, it's not even journalism, but it's, a, it's opinion. It's exactly what Fox News is. And that model was successful, so everybody has copied it. Right. Rachel Maddow was successful, so everybody's trying to copy it. It is. And it, It's all about ratings. Um, it's all about clicks. And so I don't understand why people are mad because it's like, you know, I, I get it. Chris Cuomo puts his family first, um, which I would totally do. I said it too. I said, uh, you know, my brother unfortunately died a couple of years ago, but you know, he got into trouble a lot and I would stick up for him all the time. <laughs> so worst, I wouldn't say worse trouble than Andrew Cuomo. I mean, Andrew Cuomo did some pretty bad things, but yeah, trouble, different kind of trouble. So I just, you know, it's, but by, by the way, they didn't fire him because of what he did for his brother. They fired him because his ratings sucked. Women stopped watching Cuomo primetime because of what his brother did, and it screwed him up completely. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I think he's. What's sad is it was it was good for a long time. He had some really good guests on and had great questions, and it really kind of went downhill, um, mostly through COVID. Honestly. Yeah, totally. But to be fair, everything kind of went downhill during COVID. So everything went downhill we during did. COVID. Well, my hope for 2022 is that we truly get COVID behind us. Yeah. Um, and that we can move the freak on from this. I mean, another winter of masks and social distancing and things getting canceled. I am, I'm just like, I've had it. 
I mean, I, I mean, I'm gonna do all of everything you're supposed to do. I'm gonna wear my mask again. I'm triple, triple vaxxed. I, you know, I, I'm encouraging people to get vaccines. But we gotta just, we gotta be done. I mean, if I can get the vaccine with my fear of needles, anybody can do it. Well, there you go. Well, America, make sure you're following Sarah Burris on Twitter. She's at Sarah Burris on Twitter, and of course. Reader and Raw Story, I think you write 25 articles a day. I think that's your contract. I know. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) She's always writing. RawStory.com, at RawStory on Twitter. Sarah, it's always a pleasure. It was so great to talk to you. Have an awesome holiday. You too, and we'll catch you real soon. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sarah Burris. If you're not following her on Twitter, you are missing out follow her she's at sarah burris on twitter of course she's also writing for raw story i feel like she writes all the time for them so check out what she writes she's very witty uh very funny and i enjoy talking to her so i hope you enjoyed the conversation so um happy holidays uh before i get accused of being a warrior in the war on christmas merry christmas to everybody i mean if there's a war on christmas christmas surely has won it's occupied every city in the United States of America, and including my house. Uh, it's fully occupied my house. I spent most of today Christmas shopping um, for my daughters and my wife and my family. So happy uh, Hanukkah has passed already. Uh, happy Kwanzaa, Denali, Festivus for the rest of us. Happy New Year. So there are a lot of holidays. So when people say happy holidays, that's what they mean. Just in case Tucker's listening after we called him out in that interview saying that he would support aliens from outer space over Americans, which is what he's pretty much doing right now. Like he's supporting Putin over us, but okay. All right, Tucker, you know, take, why don't you just take your frozen TV dinner money and go enjoy the rest of your life and stop ruining this country. Idiot. I'm so sick of that guy. Um, so it is the holiday season and I'm going to try to calm down now and, and tell everybody to, to really take the time the next you know week or two to reflect about the year that was and spend some time with your family and friends and um, think about what comes next next year because I think 2022 is going to be a pivotal year in this country. Um, I think voting rights are a major issue that need to be a top priority when Congress returns in January. I think the January 6th committee is going to have a lot to say about what happened last year. I think we've been hearing a lot of it. I know there's been some frustration uh, by some progressives that we haven't heard more, but I think they've been doing a lot of work. And what I've actually been hearing, not what I think, what I know, they've been doing a lot of work. I've been talking to some people uh, in D.C. about this who are very clear that there is going to be a lot to talk about in the new year. I mean, a lot of public hearings. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what they have to say. What we know so far from what has come out of that committee is dramatic, right? I mean, this PowerPoint presentation on overthrowing the government, basically, right? Basically stealing the election. Here's how we can steal the election. You know, not just the guys marching with the weird hats and stuff, but, you know, Mark Meadows getting a PowerPoint from a former colonel in the U.S. Army who, quite frankly, should be court-martialed and he should lose his pension based on what this man has been spreading around this country attempting to, to, to overthrow everything this country stands for because they didn't like the result of election. Look, I, I have been in politics my entire life. I have been involved with winning campaigns and I have been involved with losing campaigns. The job of the loser in American politics is very important. You accept defeat and you move on. Uh, on my radio show on WABC over the weekend, Curtis Lee and I were having a little fun with Hillary's concession speech. But one of the points I like to make is she conceded. She said, I lost. And it was a very close election in which she won the popular vote. But the next day, she came out and gracefully conceded. Al Gore did the same thing. And I, I got to tell you, Al Gore had a real case. But he didn't want to put the country through it. And he did what was in the best interest of this country. And I get you get upset. Man, losing sucks. I've done it. it. Sucks. It's the worst. 
But your job as a loser is to be gracious and accept it and move on. Live to fight another day. That's what this country's been about for 240 years. And let me tell you something, we are on the brink of not being about that. Now, I don't know if I'm as panicked as many people are, but I am concerned, especially with these laws and states where the state legislature could just change the results if they don't like the results. That, to me, is a bizarre law that is unconstitutional, that needs to be changed, it needs to be challenged. Both in court and in the state and in the United States Legislature, Senate and Senate, Senate and House of Representatives needs to be changed. So rest up, my fellow progressives. Twenty twenty two is going to be a trying year for all of us. We're going to still have to beat this virus. I'm not going to talk about that anymore tonight. Uh, but we have to do what we can to preserve democracy in America. So. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays to all who listen to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please tell a friend. And I want to remind you, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 